Every spring, the New Mexico Coalition to Enhance Working Lands, otherwise known as NMCOOL, convenes for an annual summit to highlight successful collaborations from the previous year and to look forward to future opportunities in the land of enchantment. We're taking a different approach to virtual events in 2021, and instead of our usual day-long summit, we're hosting this mini podcast series to be followed by a short summit meeting on April 21st via Zoom. Our goal for the summit this year is to not only encourage folks to engage with the content of these interviews, but to give listeners the opportunity to do so from somewhere other than in front of your screens. I'm Steph Marie Von Anken, Program Manager with Holistic Management International, and this is the NM Cool Podcast. I'll be your co-host for this series. in the studio from Nuestra Tierra. Can you please go ahead and introduce yourself? Absolutely. Thank you. I'm Gabachia. I work with Nuestra Tierra Conservation Project and also with the Outdoor Future Initiative. And what do both of those projects and that initiative do? Or what do you do? So I work with Nuestra Tierra in a consultant collaborator capacity And more specifically, recently, I started working with the Outdoor Future Initiative as a project and communications manager. And Outdoor Future is one of the initiatives that are part or that Nuestra Tierra is a part of. Wonderful. And how long have you worked with Nuestra Tierra? I started working with Nuestra Tierra last December. Can you tell us about the projects you're working on specifically and the things that you're excited about? Absolutely. When Angel from Nuestra Tierra reached out to me to say, hey, we are part of this Outdoor Future Initiative and we, you know, we're looking for help. This is all about creating access to the outdoors for underrepresented youth. I said, well, I am automatically in. <laughs> I'm a big believer that youth are our most important asset that as citizens of this world or as people of this world, it is really a huge responsibility that we cultivate them and we nurture them and we provide them with all the tools that they're going to need to succeed as individuals, but also as participants in their communities. So it was an immediate yes. And now that I've been immersed in the Outdoor Future Initiative, It's kind of interesting to answer this question, like, what is this initiative? Because it is really being shaped as we are there as a collective of of folks. And to backtrack a little bit and, and give some foundation, the Nuestra Tierra started what is known as the New Mexico Outdoor Equity Fund. And through the creation of that fund, they've seen a lot of increased access to the outdoors for youth here locally in New Mexico. Other outdoor equity funds are also start popping up in states like California, Colorado, and hopefully beyond. 
And with that, the inspiration and the predecessor was there for bringing something similar into a more national level. And so that's what the Outdoor Future Initiative is aiming at. So we seek to build a public and political momentum for the creation of a national fund that will ensure large-scale and long-term investments in programs that will support youth across the nation, regardless of their income, regardless of their zip code. We just want to make sure that every young person has the opportunity to explore the great outdoors and to enjoy all the health and educational and career-building benefits that come with it. So starting young and making sure that young folks have a relationship with nature. Absolutely. I personally don't believe that we are separate from nature. We're definitely part of it. But sometimes the world that we live in doesn't do a good job of letting us know that and how connected we are. And, you know, living behind concrete or wood or whatever kind of walls that we have can often make us feel separated from nature. And for me personally, I, I have this mission of the more folks we can get to understand that we are one with nature and we're already connected to it since the moment we arrive here, the better, because the more that people are going to care for the resources that we all share. I completely agree. That's wonderful. Very beautifully said. So do you get youth input as well? As you say, this thing is, you know, slowly being created as you're going. Are young folks invested and making sure their voices are heard as this is forming? We are starting to get to the point where we are going to be introducing more youth voices. The first iteration of that is going to be during our first official event from the Outdoor Future Initiative. We're kind of planning to host a webinar that is going to pretty much give everyone the 101 of what the future initiative is and what we're trying to achieve. And we definitely realize that having the youth voices present is super important at this point because everybody who is working on the initiative is kind of affiliated to, you know, an organization. We're all adults <laughs> coming together to draw from our own personal experiences, whether growing up in this country in relationship to the different lands, but also some folks from the group are also parents and some of them are also facilitators for youth spaces. So in this opportunity, we're definitely going to be expanding on youth input towards what we're building. That sounds great. I'm really excited to see what the future holds for this program, not only for the state of New Mexico, but across the whole nation and beyond. Absolutely. So why is collaboration for land stewardship in New Mexico important? And how does this happen in your work? Oh, I mean, I think it's important, not only in New Mexico, but everywhere. The Outdoor Future Initiative is a really good example of why, because we're bringing something that was born in New Mexico, which was the New Mexico Outdoor Equity Fund, and trying to position it in a national level where it can have a higher impact. And for the Outdoor Future, 
We've come together with ethnically and racially diverse leaders from a wide array of organizations, and I'm going to call them out for you. Outdoor Afro, Nuestra Tierra Conservation Project, American Indian College Fund, Greening Youth, the Continental Divide Trail Coalition, Native Women's Wilderness, the Next 100 Coalition, Latino Outdoors, Rising Routes, and Inclusive Outdoors Project. So we have a wide variety of folks that have a wide variety of backgrounds coming together and using our differences as our strengths. And that comes with a lot of nuance and challenge, but it's also really beautiful to be able to participate in such a diverse space where we are constantly challenged to our own biases and our own lived experiences, thanks to the sharing of others. And I feel like that's something, especially as a group of brown people, it's rare to have the opportunity to collaborate in a way that we can be so open about our feelings, about our dissatisfactions, about our own internal red flags. So it's really been a, a very powerful exercise to come into this table every week and get to hear everyone's perspectives and arrive at a common ground that can help us push forward an effort to create a better future for our youth and our whole country. And what tools or strategies have you used to build trust and create that safe space as you collaborate with these different and diverse organizations? A lot of patience, a lot of listening, a lot of conversation, and a lot of redefining timelines. I think sometimes strategies and tactics, those things can sound like they are huge undertakings, but it really comes down to the simplicity of having space for conversation, having space to say, okay, we're not moving forward with our timeline yet because we need to flesh out these nuances that we just can't overlook or that in regular, quote unquote, colonial time, we will have to keep pushing forward to fit an agenda, to fit a schedule, but we're trying to build our own terms. And that takes a lot of listening, especially in a diverse group where we're really trying to get everyone to feel equally heard and considered. So we've learned a lot about being patient, about um, being adaptable, about being graceful in, you know, in our deadlines. And it's been so far, I think, more successful than not. Where is the biggest opportunity to shift the lack of consideration of diverse perspectives when collaboration happens? I think the opportunity is everywhere. And it really starts with our personal relationships, looking at our friends group, looking at our acquaintances, and taking time to truly listen to each other. That's something that has come up over and over again in in this in this community of, of people in this initiative where we are here for each other and we create this space. But what comes up really often is everyone's gratitude for having that space. Because often 
when we are out there working in our regular lives where we're not in a table of a multiplicity of diversity, we don't get that space. So it's really the opportunities to listen intently to each other and not just try to impose our worldview, our viewpoint in any argument or in any conversation, you know. I just read something on Instagram, actually, that was really well put because it said something along the lines of, am I in this conversation to learn something or to prove something, right? And in every situation where we are collaborating, we have to understand that. Am I here to grow or am I here to just get my ideas pushed forward? So how much are we willing to take and actually listen to each other? I think it's that's the that's the biggest opportunity where if in the ideal world it wouldn't matter what table we're sitting at we will have that space. Yes, definitely. So it's kind of a little bit of a reframing of the outcome as well. Exactly. Yeah, I think we all come into a space with an idea of what we want out of that space or what we want achieved in that space even though we might not consciously know it. And I think that becomes very evident as we start talking to each other and and throwing ideas and calling out red flags. So when the space is there for everyone to be listened to and considerate, then we're really shaping the outcome collectively versus having one viewpoint that everybody has to subscribe to. We are all creating the viewpoint within the diversity of the people at the table. Someone once mentioned to me kind of picturing collaboration as a weaving and all of these different threads coming together to make something better than we could have imagined. But with any one of those threads missing, the weaving wouldn't be intact. Exactly. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, I think so. And I I mentioned it before, but, you know, as, as brown folks, often we we end up weaving things that we don't want to weave because it's part of our survival, right? We want to keep our jobs and we don't want to be at risk or vulnerable. So sometimes we decide to go with the flow and weave into the thing that we're being told that we have to weave into. But the beauty of being in a truly safer space is that you know, maybe we'll be weaving in a at a slower pace, but we are making sure that every thread is where it needs to be and that everyone involved feels good about it. I think that's a really important reminder for our listeners and for myself to hear. So thank you for sharing that. word community mean to you and how does it inform how you go about creating mutually beneficial partnerships and spaces? Community is survival. We wouldn't be here if our ancestors wouldn't have found their strength in community. So I really just allow that to carry in all the work that I do and all the spaces that I come in contact with. Ultimately, we are all individuals and we 
live in a country that actually highly encourages us to be our own unique individual selves. But we do have to understand that without each other, that individuality doesn't do much. There's there's no impact in, you know, being being you for yourself, except for yourself. And when we get to truly understand how connected we are to each other, how every action that I take affects you as far or as near as you are to me, then we can make better informed decisions and choices. Definitely. What do you think the best possible outcome is for the Outdoor Future Initiative? Oh, the best possible outcome is we get so much support from the community. We get so much funding that we can have very measurable impact on how we can distribute those funds to create more access to the outdoors for youth all across the country. That's a future I can get behind. Mm-hmm. I hope everyone can. That's why this is really exciting. And we hope that we're able to communicate well how important it is and how exciting it is. And it, that it's not just exciting for us, but really it's going to impact everyone. And what are the next steps for this initiative? Are there any ways that our collaborators and the folks in our network can get involved and support this program? Absolutely. Anyone is welcome to visit OutdoorFuture.org and sign up to our newsletter. We are about to host our first event at the end of April. It's going to be a very casual webinar, but just really getting down to the details of what the Outdoor Future is and what we aim to do with this initiative. So that's going to be our first our first main event, but we're going to have more events and we're going to have tons and tons of opportunities for folks to get involved, whether sharing their own personal stories in the outdoors or whether giving us support when it's time to kind of wrangle all the community to take bigger action to go into this national level. I'm really excited that Lawrence over at Western Landowners Association told me about y'all and suggested we reach out because I think this is a really important initiative for our organizations and network to learn about because really it all depends on the youth. So everything that we're doing right now and all the organizations that we're all a part of separately, like the next generation is what is going to take over and steward our projects into the future. So I think if they have a really deep connection to nature that already poises them to be ready to continue this stewardship and conservation work. We know if we can get the kids outside, they are going to have, just by the fact that they're going to spend time outside, that's going to give them a better life than they would have otherwise. And so the more that we can empower them to make those connections to the land, to nature, to the wildlife around them, we know we'll be able to trust them to carry on with that stewardship in their later years and in every choice and decision that they make in their own lives. Absolutely. And is there anything else that you'd like to share that you feel is important for folks to hear, either about the initiative or about Nuestra Tierra? Yeah. 
You know, something that I really, really appreciate about Nuestra Tierra is that first, they are an organization that was born out of the love for the border, right? That was the the complicated relationship of of being near the border and also being founded by people who are also immigrants, but that have taken a love and a passion for this country to call their own and to dedicate their lives to take care of it. So I just love that at the core. And this is me before I even started working with Nuestra Tierra. And now that I am in, in the thick of the work, I appreciate that the work is real and the work is tangible. This is not just folks coming together, you know, getting grants and writing fancy things to show for those grants. Like these are people out in the field getting dirty, working from the inside out, always reaching out to the community that needs the support to see how can we support you, not coming to tell them this is how we're going to support you, right? And I think that's very unique and that's very special and that's also very necessary in the conservation space and every other space, every space. <laughs> we, need, we need people to, to work inside out, you know? and to keep those considerations really strong and, and true to their hearts. Yeah, and this project is creating ripples for generations to come. Exactly. Are there any suggested readings or watchings for folks to learn more? Any documentaries, any podcasts you can recommend? If folks go to nuestratierra.org, and that's nuestra-tierra.org. There is a podcast there from back in 2019 where the folks from Nuestra Tierra were interviewing a variety of people that are land managers, uh, community builders, uh, Latinas in the conservation movement, and a lot of also conversations about the border wall. So I highly recommend everybody goes and and checks out Nuestra Tierra's website for that podcast archive. That's really, really, I think, powerful. On top of visiting the podcast of, at Nuestra Tierra, I would say if you can link all the Outdoor Future collaborators on the show notes, every single one of those organizations is doing amazing work. Every single one of those organizations is putting out really valuable resources for folks to just you know, diversify your thinking, diversify the causes that you support. And they're, they're just all advocating for more time spent outside for everyone. So I highly suggest everyone check them out. Well, I will definitely be checking out that podcast because my heart and work projects are centered around immigrant rights work and land stewardship. So that sounds like it's right up my alley. I hope other folks in our network do as well. It has been wonderful sitting down with you virtually today from Santa Fe and Corrales. Glad to have you in our virtual studio. Thanks for sharing about the Outdoor Future Initiative, Nuestra Tierra, and all the incredible work you're doing around getting youth outdoors. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you, and I can't wait to hear this come up in the air. I'm Steph Marie Von Aiken, and that concludes our episode of the NM Cool podcast. 
The summit this year is scheduled for April 21st at 10 a.m. Mountain Time via Zoom. For more information and to register for this year's summit, go to nmcool.org forward slash annual summit. That's nmcewl.org forward slash annual summit. This is one of a handful of podcasts the NM Cool Network will be releasing over the next few weeks leading up to the summit. Thanks for tuning in.